0: everyone, to the first full episode of the Grief Observed podcast. I'm your host, Brad Morrell, and I want to thank you for joining us today. Uh, Grief is a journey. You know, we've all got to navigate at some point in our lives, and it can be lonely and and kind of an overwhelming road. But this podcast is here to remind you that you're not alone. You know, we're here to walk with you, to share stories, to offer support, and to provide a safe space for uh, healing. I'm here with a special guest today, but before I bring him on, I want to offer an invitation to all of our listeners to contact me uh, at griefobservedpodcast at gmail.com. And just contact me if you want to be on the show like uh, our guest today. I would love to hear your stories and just about the people that you've lost over this lifetime and how you've dealt with that and how you're uh, currently dealing with grief So I'll have the email in the show description in case you missed it, and uh, you'll you'll be able to find it there. So without further delay, I want to introduce to you a great friend of mine, and I, I honestly can't think of a better way to kick off this podcast. This is my friend Rob, and he'll be sharing some of his thoughts about some of his experiences with loss and grief. So Rob, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well, Brad. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, yeah man, I I'm so excited that you're on here and I know this is one of those topics that we always try to shy away from and and so many people, you know, it's uh it's one of those uh conversation killers at time if you will. It's it's just things that we try to shy away from or try to avoid. But uh, if you would, tell us more about yourself. You know, you can tell me as much as you want, where you're at, uh, where, how you grew up, what your occupation is, any, anything you want to tell the, the listeners to help them connect to your story. Well, uh,
1: thank you. Uh, I'm just uh, an old local guy, uh, born and raised here in Tennessee. I was uh, blessed to have two uh, great parents, both my mother and my father. I was the only child growing up. Uh, raised in a very Christian home. My father was a pastor. Um, so th- that helped me a, a lot in my latter years. Uh, I'm also a retired policeman here in our community. And now I'm a small business owner. Um, uh, we got t- two great, uh, wonderful children and uh, a, a whole handful of grandchildren. So uh, <laughs> wow, <laughs> always exciting. So-
0: yeah, that, that's interesting. You know, I, I've known you for quite some time, but I did not know that your father was a pastor.
1: Yes, sir. He was. He was. Wow. Many, many okay. years.
0: So how did that influence your, your thought process growing up? Did you ever have uh, any any wild child days or anything that your dad said, hey, son, this, this isn't going to happen?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yes, he was very stern and strict, but very fair. Okay. Uh, I grew up with the gospel. I was very fortunate, al- although I didn't come to uh, to be, as, as a believer, be, uh, to be saved, in in, uh, in in a sense, until later in life. But I always knew the gospel. I knew uh, I was exposed to it uh, on a regular basis. Uh, and that, that helped uh sure up my foundation when it come to grief and loss and in life and uh, the reassurance. Uh, and again, I, I'm going to come at this through a, through a Christian lens um, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, death is for a Christian, for a believer, it's is not the end. It's merely the beginning of, of a life with Christ.
0: Yeah, that's a great point, Rob. And, you know, I'll throw out that I'm a believer as well and have been since I was 11 years old. And, uh, I think it does really shape, um, the way you look at grief, you know, it's, and and I realize there's, there's a lot of people that may be listening to this, that, uh, you know, do not know Christ and that's okay. You are absolutely welcome here. Um, you know, but, I think with with my view of uh, grief, you know, I, I lost several people early on in life, and you know, I was always a uh, really afraid of the funeral process growing up. You know, it was a scary thing, but um, the older I've gotten in life, the more I look at, you know, we we want to hold people here, and it's almost kind of like a selfish thing, sure. you know, that especially if they're a believer you know, you and I now know that the people who are in Christ that have, uh, passed on from this lifetime are in way better hands than, than what you and I could provide, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So I know that you had uh, spoken to me previously. Um, you, you said your dad died, was it around 2004?
1: Yes, sir. 2004. He passed away, uh, after, a. Uh an extended illness with congestive heart failure. <clears throat> but, uh, we were fortunate enough to, uh, in his, his end of days, uh, brought in uh, hospice and, uh, he, my father was very lucid. Uh, he, uh, was aware of everything that was going on. And, um, uh, it was probably, uh, very poetic how he died. Uh, it was just me and my mom in our living room, uh, and I, I never forget my last thing I said to my father is, I love you. And he was able to say he loved me back. And, and shortly thereafter, he passed away. Um, but it, wow. was, it was such a beautiful moment. And, and I, I've often said this to, to friends. Um, sometimes life is a blessing. Or I'm sorry, death is a blessing. Um, uh, my father was suffering uh, as well as my mother and, and, and later on with cancer. But um, and what I mean by that, me knowing his Christian faith and me being a Christian, um, it was a blessing for him to go on and not have to suffer in this world, in this life uh, with his illness, because in my belief, his body was made whole again and all things became new.
0: Um, Rob, Rob, let me ask you a question. And this may be a, mm-hmm. a tough question, but you know, you, you said here at the end of your father's life, you were able to exchange these "I love yous," and Absolutely. I think that's what a powerful moment. Mm-hmm. And and I think it is easier to let go. Um, what What do you think you would tell someone who was not able to exchange that type of uh, gesture with a parent?
1: Well, that again, I, I was extremely blessed, but my advice to, uh, to people that are listening possibly, you know, that's out there is no matter what, don't, don't take any day for granted and any time uh, together with your family and loved ones, don't, don't pass up the chance to let your feelings be known to them Uh And it kind of helps puts life in perspective, not to let pity things uh, come in between your relationship, whether it be your spouse, your brother, sister, mother, father. Uh, You know, you often hear a family in in today's society that are bickering back and forth about trivial matters. Um, You you don't want that to be the last thing that's ever said amongst yourselves. Uh, come at it, come at, come at, come at it from a standpoint of love, like put things behind you and, and, and move on and move toward a better relationship with your family.
0: Yeah. I I grew up in a family and, and still today, every person in my family, you know, we close out a phone call with, I love you. And you don't mm -hmm. really know when that last moment will be or the last time you speak to someone. No, um, I remember calling my little sister years ago and it's like, you know, we were conducting business, you know, just blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, see you. Bye. And then it's like, Oh no, I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't tell her I love her. So I dialed yeah. her right back and I'm like, Hey, I love you. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> you know? um, But, but how do those, I love you's become numb sometimes that it is just words, you know, but I think if people would just think a little bit every time they state, I love you. What, is, what does this truly mean? You know, yeah. and, and from a biblical standpoint, you know, there's, there's several types of love, um, that's described in the Bible, but you know, I, I'm very thankful that you were able to have that experience yeah. with your dad. That's awesome.
1: On the flip so, side, uh, on the flip side of that though, I was, as, as a policeman, I was exposed to, uh, some bad incidents and, and one in particular that's always, stuck with me over the years and we're going back many, many years, but, uh, I'd worked, uh, an accident that, that resulted in a fatality of this, uh, young person. And I went to make the notification and prior to this accident, her and her, her, uh, father had became uh, involved in a, in a argument, a heated mm-hmm. argument where the child left and got in a car and was very emotional and ultimately uh, had the accident and the grief on her father's face. I'll never forget that because he didn't get the chance to express his love to his daughter. The, The final thing in his mind is him and his daughter in a, in a dispute. And it was again, a trivial dispute. But nonetheless, it, and I'm sure it's affected this gentleman for the rest of his life.
0: Yeah, that is that is something I work with in my office often. You know, some of those, the things that weren't said. Um, but, you know, whenever I look at a person's lifetime, I, I don't know. how. Can you share how old this individual was that passed? Any, any uh, idea? Uh, uh,
1: around 18 years old.
0: Okay. So, yes. you know, that's, uh, 18 years of life and I'm sure that, uh, her father or, uh, his father had a good experience throughout the 18 years. But so many times we focus on how a life ends and we forget, you know, the times past that were really good times. Yes. Um, and I'm wondering, you know, I, I hope that father, you know, did find healing. Um, yes. And it's, how, how do you get someone to remember the good times as opposed to those, uh, like I said, the way that it ended? You know, it, yeah. it is a tragic ending, yeah. but there is beauty in something past. And, you know, it's how do you get people to focus on those earlier things? That's, I think that's- I think my
1: pastor has said it best, is to, to, tomorrow is not promised. Your next breath is not promised. So if you if you try to live your life that way to a point where you don't want to leave anything unsaid uh, that helps me tremendously you know i, I i'm not i'm not uh, immune to having disagreements with my family but at the mm-hmm. end of the day that's all they are is a disagreement and the, the love and compassion that we have as a family unit uh, has to be paramount
0: mm. So when you're thinking about, uh, you know, the the passing of a parent, I want to take you back to that. You've stated now that you've lost your mom as well. Yes. Um, You said that was about seven years ago? Seven years ago. Uh Okay. All right. So you being an only child brings on a whole other element. Oh, yes. And honestly, you know, it was back about, I don't know, a few months ago, I heard someone state – an older adult state that I am now an orphan. And this Mm -hmm. is what you actually stated to me uh, last night in our conversation Mm -hmm. in preparation for today. And I find that an interesting statement that, you know, not only are you an only child, but you are orphaned at this Mm -hmm. point, right? Sure. Tell me more about that. What's, What's that mean to you?
1: Well, you know, I, you know, and me and my mother were able, before her death, to have many long conversations. Uh, some of the regrets that we both had in life, and uh, I was able to express that, you know, growing up as the only child, you know, some people say, well, that's a, that's a great benefit, you're spoiled, and this, that, and the other, but I was able to express to my mom, man, I really wish I had a sibling and uh, that really resonated when she died uh, to bounce mm. things off of uh, her her wishes her estate uh, matters like that but just to have you know someone to bounce things off of um and that 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 was that was hard to navigate to a certain extent um my mother again uh very Christian uh, lady. There was no doubt in my mind about her faith. Um, But, uh, and she knew her time was near and uh, we were able to, uh, to have some really deep conversations. And and I, I use the term blessed because I am extremely blessed to have those, those moments and times that I can reflect back on. Whereas some people where you have sudden death and you don't have those opportunities um, and, I, that gave me a lot of reassurance, uh, through those, through those thoughts, because, uh, you know, that's some of the things I have to left to hang on to. Um, I've got a couple of voicemails that I, I, I've, mm. I've, I've, have saved on my phone and, you know, periodically I'll just listen to them, you know, just to hear her voice. And, uh, it, it's a cherished moment.
0: Yeah, that that is awesome to have those things, you know, that we can lean into, and uh, you know, that's something I would refer to as an anchor, something that we yes. can hold on to and still be kind of anchored to that individual, even though yes. they they are somewhere else now. So, yeah. one of the things that you mentioned, you know, obviously being uh, the only child. I'm curious of what type of challenges that gave you, especially losing both parents. Was that hard to deal with the estates? Like, tell me more about that. Well,
1: luckily, my, my, my both my parents were very, um, um, very well planned. Uh, my mother had her we- or her uh, funeral planned out to even the songs that she wanted played and who was going to play them. Um, so, uh, that may, she made, um, made it very easy for me to navigate that, uh, with her pre-planning of her funeral. Uh, my father, of course, my mother was alive then. Um, it, it wasn't such a hard issue, uh, to deal with being the only kid, but, uh, but again, she was able to voice uh, what grandkids got what and and her possessions, where how she wanted them to to be administered um, mm-hmm. to to the grandkids it was very. Uh, it was very easy. She made it easy for me, and you know what? Looking back over my life, my mom always made it easy for me to do things. Uh, she was such a good m- mother. Uh, I, I, I tell people I, I won the lottery when I got my mom and dad. Uh, wow. I couldn't, uh, couldn't envision a better childhood growing up. Uh, the love that we had, we, 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 we were not, we were very uh, meager means, you know, we, we didn't have a lot, uh, but we were loved. And uh, that's, uh, I, I look back over my childhood and, and often and, and just think how well I was blessed to, to have them as parents.
0: That's great, and you know, talking about being very well planned, it's it's not something that I think any of us want to do as far as planning our own funeral or our own, uh, you know, death. Like it's as far as the the aftermath for our children, but I think it's one of the best gifts that we could honestly give our children. Absolutely, um, there's a book out there, and it the title's kind of. Uh, I don't know, it, it it's very out there or just very in your face, but it's called I'm Dead, Now What? And mm-hmm. it's uh, the subtitle of the book is Important Information About My Belongings, Business Affairs, and Wishes. And my wife and I bought this book and um, we had intended on giving it to all my family for Christmas gifts one year. So if they're listening, I hope they're, uh, not surprised if they get it at some point, (laughs) but, um, but it's a fantastic thing. It's more of a journal. It's it, it allows you to, okay, Hey, here's what to do with my pets. Here's my, uh, personal information, my bank accounts, the people that I want you to contact when I pass, you know, all these important things. And like I said, I think that's one of the best gifts that you can give someone even if it's difficult for you to fill that out. But, uh, I think when people pass and there's just so much to deal with, uh, this is one thing, one element of your passing that you can actually make a blessing for your children that go live life. Here's all my stuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I tell you, it brings me another police story, if you will yeah uh, I, w- I worked a uh, a death uh, investigation uh, ge- elderly gentleman had went out to you know and and suffered a massive heart attack and uh, the neighbor found him in his yard so I went there and you know in in waiting for the uh, coroner to get there and to the funeral home uh, to come and uh, take his uh, his remains uh, obviously we looked through the house for any sounds of a foul play and there was none observed, but there was a big book on his desk and it said in case of emergency, you know, open. (laughs) So being inquisitive, I did. And this gentleman exactly had it laid out plan by plan who to call. Uh, The house was a very meager house here. Uh, Nothing fancy at all. Um, The gentleman, uh, was a collector of hubcaps, uh, had a massive wow. collection of hubcaps in his garage, and uh, if we ha- if you have listeners that's uh, local to our area, uh, this gentleman was responsible for putting up the the, the Christian signs in people's yards, uh, Jesus saves and and and, and several uh, scripture passages, you know, and uh, he had a bunch of those. Uh, But it was quite funny. He said, the first person I was to notify was his lawyer. And I'm like, Hmm. why has this guy got a lawyer, you know? Um, So I called the lawyer, and and he informed me that nobody is allowed in the house uh, until he gets there. Come to find out, this gentleman was very, very wealthy. He had uh, lived way below his means, um, and uh, he didn't want any strife with his children his his relatives so he had this lawyer take care of his estate in 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 a very precise manner that he had already foreseen that if he did not do this there would be a lot of conflict and i thought Mm. that was so poetic you know that this this guy could foresee the future and uh Uh, that that was that uh, i'll never forget that story with this gentleman
0: you know rob that that brings a great point uh with grief you know a lot of times it it does bring family strife into it and oh yes you think about uh i i would never want to believe that my life ended up as items and monetary Mm -hmm. means you know that no that people forget who i am but so many times i hear that uh you know, who, who's getting this item or that item right off the bat. It's like, wow, this person, uh, the person that you quote love is not even in the ground yet. Mm -hmm. And yet you're fighting over things, you Mm -hmm. know, um, what would you tell somebody that's going through that right now? That if, if they're fighting with, you know, one, one thing that you didn't have to worry about was having a sibling, right. That Mm -hmm. that to argue over those things, but, what do you think you could tell somebody who's going through those types of uh, disagreements?
1: Oh, and, and you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm very good friends with my pastor, and he tells us stories of, of, of instances where families just become bitter toward each other uh, during uh, something like, uh, during a death, you know, because they're wanting stuff. And, and, and that's exactly what it is, it's stuff, Right. You know? That doesn't mean anything. Um, whether it's a, a, a money, land, it, it's just stuff. And mm-hmm. if we can devalue that, and and again, going back to hey, you got to love your family. You know, mm-hmm. you got you got to keep that core love at the center of everything. Um, but it can tear up families. I know I've known it to tear up families, and uh, it's. Uh, And, you know, it's not just sometimes family, you know, when my when my parents passed shortly thereafter, I had, you know, neighbors, uh, friends in the community. Hey, uh, what are you going to do with this property or what are you going to do with that? We hadn't had the funeral yet. Right. And and I just, you know, I kind of just brush it off as, you know, they're just untactful, you know. Um, But, yes, that's that's big issues. But, you know, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't right. be at all.
0: I had the uh, I had the blessing of having siblings, but the curse of being between two girls growing up. <laughs> but uh, but I'll tell you this: I, I've told them both. You know, when when our parents pass, if chronological order takes its place, um, I, I don't want anything. They can have it all. I just mm-hmm. uh, there, I, there's nothing that uh, that I want. From my parents, you know, yeah. uh, that that's just a. I, I don't want to bring in uh, bad relations with my sisters sure. over things, uh, but I, I realize there's people out there who really have quite a different situation. Yeah. So and
1: and they have much larger issues that they need to address because again, it, it's stuff. And and why would you want to dishonor the deceased? with fighting over uh, the earthly materials, you know, I just, you know, I, it boggles my mind.
0: Yeah, definitely. So in, in the loss of uh, your parents or, or anyone else that you've had a loss with, like what, what's kept you going? Like what are some of the things that just state I've got to keep moving forward with my own life? mm
1: mm-hmm. Well, Again, if we could rewind some, um, the occupation I held as a policeman introduced me up close and personal with death on a regular basis. Uh, it, the deaths maybe not was uh, c- directly connected to me, but, but they became connected with me, um, whether it be an automobile accident, a homicide, suicides. So I learned to deal with, with death or I thought I was dealing with death, uh, as a policeman, you know, and Brad, you're a veteran. Uh, you see some things that it's not natural to see. So later on in life, some of those things started exposing their heads and, and, and I got to the point where, you know, this whole post-traumatic stress, it is a real thing. I identified it as being a real thing with me, And I sought some, some counseling in that, in that matter. Um, but seeing how death would, um, would affect people when I would do a a, a death notification to a family member, uh, whether loved one had had passed away and they were not aware of it. And, um, I, you know, I'll, I'll take some of those memories. I'll always have some of those memories. Some I wish I didn't have, but they're there. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's answering your question uh, to a certain point, but, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I got a Ph.D. in death, whether I wanted it or
0: not. Mm, mm. That's, that's a good point. And, and I, also, thank you for your service. I know we're edging up on Veterans Day coming up. Uh-huh. And uh, I know you did some overseas time. Um, you saw some things over there. How, how has that influenced your life at all?
1: Uh, you know, along the lines of the police, uh, the uh, police career. Um, luckily, I was a l- little older in life. I did some um, overseas contracting in uh, Kabul, Afghanistan. Um, so uh, able to uh, was fortunate enough to be able to go over there and and deploy in support of uh, our mission uh, from the United States, but. Uh, I, I think I did better with that because I had age on me and some maturity versus being a policeman. Uh, mm-hmm. When 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 I would, as a young police officer, when I would when I would ex, uh, investigate a death, whether it be a, like again a, a, an automobile accident, a, a homicide, suicide, suicides really bothered me, um, because I would I would see. The, this devastating effect it had on the family left behind. Mm, and, uh, yes. you know, I, I I come to find out the phrase, it's a temporary or it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And uh, I was able to talk to some that was contemplating suicide when, during negotiations and, and try to resonate with them that, hey, this is just a temporary issue. But mm. you're... You're wanting to, to have a permanent solution to this, and uh, but the suicides, uh, I, you know. There's some. I mean, I can I can be traveling down the road and and I'll go buy a house that you know that there was one right there, and I you know it just it brings all those emotions back up. But the emotions for me was not so much the the deceased, but the the horror that the family was left behind so many unanswered questions. Why did they do this? And, uh, yeah, that was that, that, those, those deaths will always resonate with me.
0: Yeah. That's, that's a very hard thing to deal with. And like you state, um, it just leaves a lot of questions unanswered mm-hmm. and, uh, it's just so hard for the families to to deal with those unanswered questions. You know, it's, it's different when, uh, and, and I'm not trying to minimize like the, the death of your parents. You're saying no. your dad died of heart failure, mom, mm-hmm. uh, cancer related. Mm-hmm. Um, but when some, you know, when there's a death with no definitive reason why no. that, that is so, so difficult. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when you think about, uh, like how these losses that you've occurred in your life, uh, how have they impacted your daily living? You know, you talked a little um, bit about making every day count. Sure. Um, tell me other ways that, that maybe it affects your, your daily living. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, you know, even with my Christian belief, um uh, that I'm going to be with my parents again. Uh, I do. Uh, I, 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 told a lady the other day, I, uh, I said, I know where my mom's at and I know where I'm going, but, uh, that, that doesn't negate man, uh, a Christmas, a holiday, uh, me and my wife were riding on the, our boat, you know, back this summer. And I was like, man, I wish cause my father and mother, they loved the lake. They loved, uh, the water. I'm like, wow. I just wish my mom and dad were here. Uh, but you know it brings you know I'm being selfish, but uh, you know I, I do miss them at times, certain more times than not. But but again, I have that reassurance that that I am going to see them again. Now I mm-hmm. couldn't imagine navigating that those memories if I did have if I didn't have any hope of seeing them again. Uh, I, I don't know how I would navigate that. Um, uh, but I had that, uh, that assurance that I'm going to be with them again. Memories pop up, but me- but coming from such a loving family, and I hope that don't, don't just seem cliche, but, um, I've had, uh, we, uh, the memories I have with my parents are just so they can make a Hallmark movie out of them, you know, um, uh, mm. so, so blessed. But, I, I, you know, I don't dwell on it. You know, uh, oh, wow, I just, I'm just missing my mom and dad. Uh, there's, you know, uh, I don't dwell on them in a negative sense. I'm like, man, I miss my mom. But you know what? I'm going to see her again. And that takes away the, the any negative aspects for me.
0: Yeah, you're, you brought up another great point, Rob, about the holidays. And, you know, here we're, we're not far off from Thanksgiving. We've got Christmas uh, that's, wow, just yeah. right around the corner. Oh, yeah, we're uh, close. You know, if I would have asked you, uh, Rob, tell me a time that you experienced with your parents on November 2nd of whatever year they were both living, you probably couldn't tell me anything mm-hmm. specific unless mm-hmm. – you have a marker like a birthday or some type of celebration, Mm -hmm. but I can guarantee you that if I state, Hey, what were you doing Christmas of 1995 or, you know, so the holidays are a trigger. It is a marker and it is just something that really puts grief uh, at the forefront of our minds. What have you done in the holiday season to maybe honor your family but yet, also keep yourself grounded in the fact that okay, mom and dad aren't here with me anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, great question. Uh, I, as our family, me and my wife are a blended family, but uh, I surround myself, you know, during the holidays with family, and contrary to popular belief, we can kind of get along.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's uh, so great. To
1: speak. But, uh, you know, I find myself, uh, my, my mother's, uh, both her sisters are still alive. And uh, we'll, we'll reminisce about times, you know, when my mom was growing up. They'll, they'll share stories and, and this, that, and the other. And we'll laugh and joke about, you know, things of the past. But just being, you know, seeing my aunts, I'm still connected with my mom when they're there. And that really, you know, that's really, really good. I look forward to that. You know, uh, I'm, I'm blessed that they're both living in the immediate area and I do get to see them and spend time with them uh, quite often. And, and that helps out a lot. Now, my fa- on my father's side, most of uh, his, all his siblings are, are deceased. So I have some distant relatives from them, but uh, not as much as I do with my m- mother.
0: You know, I spoke previously about anchors and you just spoke about family members being mm-hmm. some of those anchors. So, you know, it can be items, it could be family members, it's anything that we can hold on to yeah. that kind of still help us reconnect with, you know, our lost loved ones. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other special items from your parents that you, you just hold high in value, the, the thing that you would not want to part with?
1: Yeah, I, I absolutely do. I'm actually sitting here looking at one right now. My father, again, he was a pastor, but I have his Bible, and uh, I utilize his Bible. Um, and uh, my father always was very particular about footnotes in his for his sermons and stuff. And so I'm following along now when my pastor is preaching, and I'm I'm cross referencing my dad's notes with that. So. I wouldn't take two million dollars for that Bible, you know. Man, that, that is very means, special. Yeah, absolutely. So very special. Uh, my uh, on my mother's side, uh, you know, it probably wouldn't mean a lot to to most people, but it it's invaluable to me. I, my mom's old cast iron skillet uh, mm. that was used for so so many years and so many meals prepared with that, and uh,
0: I use it weekly. Yeah. Yeah, I know you're a good cook, Rob. I've, I've had your food and, yeah. and maybe you blessed me with your mother's skillet, who knows, man. That, that's awesome. Yeah.
1: yeah, so so those things that those things mean the world to me. Uh, um, uh, you know that, that that that's they they may seem trivial to most people, but to me they're a gold mine.
0: And again, it's it's things that aren't of great monetary value out in the world, right? You no. can replace a skillet. You can sure. buy a Bible at the store on, on Amazon. Sure, But, you know, the one thing that I, I want to go to here with your father's Bible is, you know, you hear this term sometimes of voices from the grave, you know, the, mm-hmm. the you know, people transcend, uh, I guess, time <laughs> a little bit, at least in the fact that, you can still hear your father's voice through just reading his Bible. Absolutely. I can,
1: there are certain scriptures that I'm reading. I can hear my father in his voice and his tone reading that scripture as I'm reading it. And it's just very powerful to me um, when I get to, to experience that and just seeing his thoughts on some of the, uh, the passages uh, that he at that point in time he was studying for a sermon uh to present to to his church um and then and then getting to to uh, to hear my pastor covering the same uh, messages and stuff it's just uh, I mean, I you know i'd lost for words but it just means so so much to me wow
0: that that's awesome man yeah um do you feel like there's anything um, unresolved from any any loss that you've experienced in life, any personal loss?
1: No. Again, just like a broken record, but I was just so blessed to be able to have those talks um, mm-hmm. with both my mother and my father, but my mother in particular. Um, it was about a week before she passed. Um, it's a very strong woman. Uh, I'll never forget uh, if I can uh, go back a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. she, she, she did fight cancer for an awful long time. The last cancer, she, she overcame uh, ovarian cancer and beat it into remission. But uh, later on in life, she developed a mantle cell lymphoma. And the life expectancy for mantle cells for three to five years with aggressive chemotherapy. My mother lived eight years. Uh, That tells you what type of fighter. But I took her to her last cancer appointment and, uh, you know, had a wonderful doctor there. Um, But uh, she said, is there any more chemotherapy I can take? And he told her, Miss Caldell, if I give you any more chemotherapy, they're going to put me in prison. Um, mm. So she had she had run the gamut on the chemotherapy. But I, I, I pulled the doctor to the side, and I'm like, I know you're not God, but can you give me a time? What kind of days am I looking at? And he said, days to weeks. So I said, okay. And I kind of figured that, uh, given how my mom was deteriorating. But anyway, uh a week prior to her dying, we were sitting on a porch and I was like, mom, we, we need to have some, a chat. And she's like, yeah, I've been thinking about that too. So we were able to talk for about three hours. Uh, and, you know, I got to thank her. It was like, you know, one of the things I remember saying to her is like, I just want to, you know, thank you is, is insignificant, but, the life that you gave me, um, the childhood that you gave me, you know, I look, look back that, you know, both, both my mother and father, they worked and, and we didn't have a lot, but you know, if I had to have that pair of Converse tennis shoes, you know, I just had to have it. We couldn't afford them, but you know what? They would show up at our, you know, at our home, you know, mm. the sacrifices that she made for me. Uh, and, uh, you know, but I was so blessed to, to talk to her knowing that she's leaving this world. And uh, that, you know I, I, I keep saying blessed which I was, but I, I just feel such compassion for people like yourself, you know, Brad, and I, and I appreciate what you're doing for for our community in doing these podcasts. But I have such compassion for people that don't get to have those talks, don't get mm-hmm. to have that closure. Um, uh, you know that uh, I have I have a lot of compassion for those people.
0: So you brought up a good thought there too about community. And so many times there's, there's people that we lose that are staples in, in our communities, wherever they're at. Um, how do you feel about the idea of finding ways to give back to the community in that person's honor? Like, what do you think about that?
1: Uh, I think it's, it's a wonderful tribute to your loved one that's passed on. Um, um, my mother, um, she was always a giver, uh, and I, I, I hope I've inherited that trait. But uh, you know, I love. I got to brag on our church. Uh, when when we have members pass, I tell you, just the outpouring and love that our church shows upon the bereaved families, uh, cooking meals, uh, uh, just doing things and being, you know, being the the cornerstone of the community, you know, reaching out to families, people that are, you know, going through, uh, the grieving process. Uh, I think our church does it the best in the area, in my opinion. Um, and I think it's important to do that. But, uh, as far as with the community service, you know, um, we, you know, we're put on this earth to love one another. That's, that's what God commands. And, uh, everyone's our neighbors, you know, love thy neighbor as you love yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just wish more people would, would understand that and grasp that and put it into uh, full effect.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a great point. And I've, I've always said, you know, that that verse says love your neighbor as yourself, right? Uh-huh. So it uh-huh. means that you, you have to know how to love yourself to love your neighbor. Too. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. I think so many times we forget that piece and uh, maybe we've, feel like loving on ourselves is is selfish. And, but it's not, it's, you know, I I call that the airplane method when I'm in counseling. Mm -hmm. It's like, if that oxygen mask drops down, sometimes you have to put it on yourself first before you can help others. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's a great analogy. So when you think about, uh, getting personal help, you know, one of the, Mm -hmm stages of grief which we've kind of moved away from but one of the first stages is that denial the shock Mm -hmm. that oh my goodness my my loved one has passed what are some ways that you would uh, say were helpful to you as far as kind of grounding yourself or kind of realizing that okay this is this is a moment in time and yes I have lost someone important to me but I'm going to be okay Mm -hmm. what would you give as some tips for listeners
1: well, the biggest tip that I could ever give anyone is to uh, come to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, I don't know how I, I, I don't know how I would go through life without Him. Uh, you know, uh, I need Him more than my next breath. Mm-hmm. But that my Christian faith helped me get through that the the, the grieving process, the the, the loss of. My mother and my father, you know, um, I, I would say get to a church, a Bible believing church. Um, do it now. Run to Jesus. I mean, today is the day of the salvation. Um, mm-hmm. That would be my number one advice to anyone. And, uh, you know, uh, give it a shot. Try it, you know, uh, it, it puts life in perspective. And it gives you a sense of peace, not only for yourself, but in times of sorrow like this, you know, uh, because there's a better day coming. We as Christians have that belief that, that that this is death is not finality. You know, it's only the beginning, and uh, that uh, that helps me. That resonates with me, and uh, I love. Uh, I, I never want to miss the opportunity to share that with someone that is struggling, you know, uh, mm-hmm. because death it, it's it's a sorrowful time, and if you're a non believer, it's 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 extremely sorrowful, you know. But there there there's a there's a way, there's a better way,
0: uh, and
1: and uh, just run to Jesus.
0: That that's great, and uh, so i I know in Ecclesiastes. I think it's seven two. It says it's better to go to the house of mourning than to mm-hmm. a house of feasting. Mm-hmm. What would what do you think that verse means? What would it mean to you, or or why would it be important to go to a place of mourning over a, a place of celebration?
1: You know, that's a very good question. I see that as a way to uh, that we're needing to comfort one another in times like these um, uh to be there for someone to be that shoulder to, for them to cry on you know to uh, let them bounce things off of you that's the way I I, I interpret uh, yeah that, yeah that that scripture uh to be a um a, a sounding board uh just to, you know just to let someone know you care you know Uh, Sure, I was uh, at at my mother's funeral, uh, just to add this, I was, you know, we had a, it was held at our church, but the, the night we were receiving friends for her viewing, that line never stopped. hmm. People came from all over and, and a dear, dear friend of, of our family never knew my mother but he's been a dear friend for me and my wife, Chris, Uh, Mr. Don Smith drove all the way from Knoxville just to walk through that line and let me know that he cared about me and cared about my mother. And he wanted to, to extend his condolences. Well, I tell you what, that, that meant so much to me. So I think that kind of ties that in to, to being there for someone.
0: Yeah, I can definitely see where it it uh, states, you know, hey, relation doesn't just happen at celebrations; it it happens at places of mourning. Sure. And Rob, I'll tell you, man, one of the things that I've learned the most about grieving uh, really is that when a death occurs, there's nothing that gets people more focused on their own personal life mm-hmm. and. That's where those thoughts of, wow, life is short. So mm-hmm. it, it really just kind of pumps into what is the meaning of life, whether you're a believer or a, or a non-believer, a death really will start letting you focus on, wow, there there has to be more than this. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely agree with you. And, and I think, uh, you know, relationally though, it, it's great that you had this friend that was willing to travel several miles to get to you just to say, "I love you." Mm-hmm. Your your mother meant the world to me. Yeah. You know that that's that's fantastic. And yeah. you know, one of the things that I'll I'll talk about uh, here as we're kind of wrapping things up is you know I've always joked that I wanted to write a book. Um, about death well i want to write two books number one what's the hundred worst things said at a funeral and and number two uh when when the last casserole is gone okay so let me let me describe both of those in my thoughts first um the the last casserole i i thought about you know how when a death first occurs there are so many people that Mm. you know, are bringing food to your house. And it's like, <laughs> Rob, I love you. You know, we're yeah. here for you. And then, man, two weeks later, it's crickets, right? Yes. It's, it's like, where's the people now mm. that the dust has settled? Mm. Um, so that's-, I, that's one thing. <laughs> and, you know, on the other side of that, the, the hundred worst things said at a funeral and I'll go with the first one and then I'll let you chime in. The first one that I hear that I think is so hurtful is I know exactly how you feel. Oh, oh and yes. it's like, mm, mm. even if, even if I had lost my mother and I, I came to your mother's funeral and I said, Rob, I know exactly how you feel. It's like, mm-hmm. no, you don't. You, you don't yeah. know what it was like to have my mom. Mm-hmm. So what I've learned to do is state, Rob, I've been in a similar circumstance, yeah. and you know sometimes the best thing we can say at a funeral is, "I'm here for you." Sure. What sure. What do you think? One of the most hurtful things that someone said to you at a funeral, and and again, they probably didn't mean it maliciously, no, right? No, no, they're they're meaning good, but yeah, sometimes yeah. those words hurt. Yeah. What would you, What would you say hurt you? Maybe.
1: You know, I, going back to what we spoke of earlier, you know, uh, what are you going to do with that property?
0: Hey, uh, mm. that, that
1: gun of your dad's, uh, you know, uh, you know, th- things like that. But it's funny you say that. I just had this memory pop up, you know. Um, one of my mom, me and my mother's, uh, I don't to say it's a tradition, but one of our, uh, how we went through life on a day-to-day basis when I had a 45-minute commute. Uh, to my house from my office, and that time was usually phone calls with mom. You know, um, we would we would talk and chat uh, throughout. The, and it made that drive a lot shorter. You know, and, I, and I, after she passed, you know, I got to ta- talking to my wife. I'm like, you know, I ain't got nobody to talk to anymore. You know, so that was uh, that was goes kind of along the lines you're saying, but yeah, f- people. People, they mean well. They do, uh, but uh, just choose your words wisely. Just be there for them. And but but you know what you said when the casseroles are gone. Well, I tell you what, that's 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 a struggle period. You know, when all the cards have stopped and uh, the the visits and uh, two weeks after a death, you know, after you've buried them, that's when you, you know, like, hmm, this is for real. This is, Mm -hmm. this is it. So yeah, that totally is. One thing that I've, you know, my wife, uh, both her parents are still living and and uh, I've been able to, to help her a lot because her parents are, are getting up there in in age. And I think that she's benefited through experiencing the death of my mother, you know, so to speak, and to, to spend more time, and to be more uh, in tune with her parents uh, so that she will when it's when it's their time, if it like you said in chronological order, if they do go before us, uh, that she won't have the regrets and stuff and so she can she can play off some of the things that I learned fr- from my from my mother and father's death mm. and uh, I think that's been beneficial to her,
0: yeah. Well, Rob, we're about to wrap up, but I, I want to give you uh, any any last thoughts on uh, on death, on grief, on yeah. on anything to come, yeah. and uh, just kind of give you the final final words here.
1: Well, thank you, first of all, thank you, Brad, and thank you for what you're doing. Uh, I think it's a much needed service. I hope people will open their minds and and come on uh, listen to these podcasts. And you might not agree with everything that I say today or, or whatever, but but have an open mind. And, and uh, if, if anything, if you, if you don't hear anything I've said today, if you could just, you know, open your mind and your heart, get into a Bible-believing church, there is a better way. Uh, death doesn't have to be final. Um, and, and come to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, Uh, If they would, if anyone would like to know more information, I'd be glad to, to, to give it to you on a personal basis. If you don't have a church, you're looking for a church, Chinquapin Grove Baptist Church in Bluff City, Tennessee. We have a wonderful pastor, Jamie Ferguson. Um, I tell you, we have a wonderful loving church, uh, that I'm so blessed to be able to attend. Um, but uh, that would be my number one thing uh, is, uh, you know, as a Christian, I, I don't think I'm, I don't fear death. Death don't control me. Um, now, I, I'm not a daredevil. I'm not going to go out here and tempt faith. But sure, sure. Uh, I, I don't have, uh, and, and I think that's why people don't want to discuss this topic. They want to shy away from it because they fear it. Uh, You don't have to fear death. Uh, There's a peace that comes through our Lord Jesus Christ that gives you a peace above all understanding. Um, And uh, I tell you, I I, I just would uh, beg you to to come to know him as your personal savior, because I promise you, your life will be changed. It will be changed for the better.
0: Well, thank you, Rob. You've been a fabulous first guest, man. I, you absolutely uh, brought a, a lot of points that I wanted uh, listeners to hear, and, and I can't thank you enough. And so, listeners, I, I would uh, I'll leave Rob's information on how you can contact him in the show description. And I hope that you have been blessed and that you keep coming back for more interviews. I hope to do this at least weekly. And again, if you want to be on the show, uh, please contact me at griefobservedpodcast at gmail.com. I wish you well, and I hope you are blessed.